It's great to worship the Lord together. Good to have Raul back. And uh, great to have everybody else here serving together. We had a good time in Sunday school with Steve and Mendy Everett just talked about how they got to be missionaries and some of the things about that, that path that the Lord led them on and things that they've done since. It's great to have friends like this that we can know over the years in our circle in the Northwest. His dad was a, a pastor and then a, uh, a, an evangelist, a youth evangelist, and we had his dad in our churches several times. And, and it's good to have you to here today. Steve, come on and share God's Word and share your ministry with us. Thanks, Pastor. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure how to take when he announced uh, up to sixth grade could leave, and I heard a bunch of, yes! <laughs> I'll just take it that they really wanted to hear my wife, so I'll look at it that way. It's good to be here. Uh, enjoyed getting to see Ralph and his wife here, and uh, Ralph had, and I had our own uh, Portuguese uh, conversation over there, and it's kind of fun. For all you know, we could have been talking about you, and you would have never known. <laughs> no, it's good to see them. They're great uh, cheerleaders, and I know they're great uh, prayer partners for us. Uh, we mentioned that this church has been uh, the longest supporting church outside of our sending church, and we really enjoy this church. And uh, the communication that we get from you back in the state, or when we're in Brazil, uh, has been more than we can express. And the, the long-running uh, financial support, and just recently, we understand you guys increased us and uh, we really appreciate it, and it's a huge Brazilian hug to, to all of you guys, and uh, you guys mean the world to us uh, in more ways than, than we can express. Uh, today, uh, I want to be able to express to you what has happened over the last three or four years in our ministry. Uh, when we were here, uh, all, well, four years ago, I think we were here at the Missions Conference 2010, uh, we shared with you our desire was to purchase this piece of property in Lomba Grande, Brazil. And it was a piece of property that we could develop into a, a retreat center. But it was a long shot. And, uh, but God has done some incredible things. And, and that's what I want to be able to share to you today because I'm excited about what God has done and what he's doing, and what we're going to do in the future. But let me start real quick with our uh, family. Uh, we didn't bring our kids with us. Isn't that a cool picture? That, that was my two oldest uh, design. Uh, my oldest has that new GoPro camera, and he's actually videoing us uh, on this. And then my second, he's uh, at Grand Rapids at a cinematography school and so he just had these ideas and so Mindy and I just we just want a picture and this is what they came up with they got me to stand in Lincoln City uh, December 25th so I can't even feel my knees <laughs> let alone my toes we're standing in the water there people thought we were on cloud or in snow uh, thought we were some rock group but uh, <laughs> anyway that's our family Casey, Colin, Kobe are our boys, Carmen, Kinsey. And one, one request that our kids had when coming back on this furlough is, do we really have to travel every time? 
And so Mindy and I prayed about it, and we talked about it, and we said, you know, we're going to try to, because it's rough on kids. Uh, I'll just admit that. And uh, so we said as much as possible, uh, we will allow them to stay at home. Uh, our oldest, uh, we're renting a house, and our oldest is living with us. And so when he's able, you know, we'll leave it with him. And I also have a niece uh, that she, last week and we were gone, she stayed with them and, and stuff. So we're trying to keep them in a normal setting uh, as much as possible. But the longer trips, we'll take them with us. So I apologize that they're not with us because I know a lot of people like to see the kids as well. But that's kind of the reason. We're trying to keep them on a normal schedule as much as possible and allow them to be with their friends that they've grown up with in our home church. Um, How big is your God? I know mine's he's pretty big. He's pretty awesome. And that's what I want to share today. Um, Have you ever gone into a situation with sky-high expectations. And then they didn't quite meet those expectations. You know, I'm talking like maybe a new job. You just thought, this is going to be awesome. And it didn't really turn out that way. A marriage. Eh. A new church. You thought, this church is going to be awesome. Having kids. And you realize they're with you (laughs) 24-7. For 18 years. No. Or going into high school, you had these expectations, or or to college, and it's just not cracked up what you thought it would be. The expectations maybe left you frustrated, maybe even wanting to throw in the towel. Okay, now on the flip side, have you ever gone into a situation with terrible expectations, low expectations, and just thought, this is not going to work out? Things are just looking terrible. I got to tell you, I went through this back in 2011. We just went through one of what I consider, it was our only furlough that I had to pull on, but to me it was one of the worst furloughs a missionary could have. That's just my opinion. When we arrived in Salem uh, in June of 2010, our home church was going through a major upheaval, and a church split, and that was tough in itself, and having to work through our, our, our pastor, and I, I'm totally behind him, and it was just, but some of the people leaving, we loved and adored, and so to be kind of thrown in the middle was very difficult, that in itself. Then towards the end of our furlough, we started having some personal problems. Mindy and I got in a, a car wreck, it totaled our Suburban. I had already agreed to sell the Suburban to a missionary coming home, and well, that was thrown out because it was total. Mindy hurt her back, and it was, took forever for her to get really back to where she was normal. Then my nephew, of almost, just short of his 30th birthday, died suddenly. Then uh, my grandma, who was one of my spiritual giants in my life, she passed away. I mean, then we go back to Brazil. And uh, for the first two months, we had no home, no house, and, or, and no car. My expectations of the next term were low. And I was not at a place that I needed to be. My wife was actually, to be honest, and she would, she would uh, give you testimony to this, that she was not at a place that she needed to be spiritually. She was questioning some things, questioning God. My, old, or 
My second son, Colin, he was in a very terrible place. We were not doing well. And uh, I'm still amazed that we remained on the field, to be honest. Trying to be transparent here. But you know what? I know people were bathing us in prayers, and that got us through. But my expectations were low. But then I I love this. Even reading my uh, uh, Bible at times, and you read a story, and then it says, but God, or then God. And that's what happened. Then God started to really reveal his plan for us, our future. And it was then that I started thinking, this is awesome. He was blowing me out of the water. My expectations were down here, and man, he was just, it was incredible to watch. That property that we had been asking prayer to purchase on furlough, the mountain looked huge. It was like $300,000. And while we were on furlough, we were able to raise about three or 4000 but that was just a drop in the bucket. In fact, I shared with Pastor that you guys were a big chunk of that, uh, by the way. Uh, I forget exactly the dollar amount, but I know it was over 1000 that you guys contributed toward the purchase of this property. Thank you for that. But still, we had a huge mountain, so that I just thought, man. But God orchestrated another piece of property, bigger and probably tons more potential for the same price that we were starting to look at. And the former owners of this piece of property heard, found, somehow found out we were looking at this other, and the price just started. And I know it was God saying, hey, I'm going to knock the price down for you. And it was awesome to watch. And, it, and these people were like, they were contacting us. Hey, what about this price? We could go this price. And it was so cool to, to finally see a dream come true. God allowed us to purchase this piece of property in the, about November of 2011. And uh, we were just rejoicing as the missionaries of Field Council, the other ABW missionaries, and we were getting together, figuring out, okay, when can we actually move on and, and how are we going to work with this? We met with the lawyers, met with the owners, worked out within a year we were going to pay it off. We had roughly $90,000 to give them. And within a year, we needed another 100000 And we had no plan, but we said within a year we're going to pay it off. And they agreed to it, and it was totally by faith. And before that year is up, it's paid for. Amen? God God worked in an incredible way. And it was by his grace that he was able to to show the Everett's that when we were so low that he was like, hey, um, I'm in control. I've called you here for a reason. You remember? And uh, so it's been awesome to, to see how he's working in our lives through a number of things. Over the years, we've been able, the last three years, we've been really digging in and trying to get projects. Uh, got a couple different slides there that show you when we first got there and now uh, things that we've been able to do. We were able to tile the whole barn that we're converting into a chapel, cafeteria, and a kitchen area. And that place is now fully enclosed with new windows and doors. And most of 
the stuff that we've done on this barn, and I wanted to show that picture because it's through a, a brescia that we do. And we've done four since we've been there. And what a brescia is, is basically a garage sale. And if you remember back when we were here in uh, 2010, we were asking for closed donations. And at that time, we were sending a container because we knew that we wanted to do some kind of outreach and because clothing down there is very expensive as well as cheaply made. And so we were blessed by this church, by a number of you donating towards that, that we shipped down and we were able to use. And that first Brescia, we raised 4,000 hay ice, which was about $2,000 in a three-hour period. And it totally tiled the, the barn there. And so some of your gifts uh, and donations went towards, towards a lot of what was done on the chapel. Yeah. Well, if you kind of see the, here, that's right, we have a pointer. This yellow, it's, our property is this rectangle. It's outlined by this yellow. That's our neighbor, and this is our neighbor. So you, you enter here, go down, we have the game center here, the little house, this is our house. Uh, it's kind of an ugly house, way too, <laughs> way too big for us. It was two homes, and the former owner joined it. And then this is a barn that I use for just stuff, and this is the barn that we use uh, for the chapel, cafeteria area. And then we have a, a pool here, and we have a pond here. And back here is where our sports complex is, uh, and I'll show more pictures of that. So, yeah, good question. I, I should have done that earlier. Let's. Here's the entrance into the barn, and to the, to the left here, uh, we've put bathrooms, men and women's, and we have two showers and two stalls in each, uh, so we can e equip when we have a lot of people there, especially if we even do a day thing like a tournament, uh, people can shower there. Here's the game center I, I talked about. We were given some of these, uh, like the ping pong table and air hockey, given by other colleagues that were no longer using them in their ministry. And uh, the game center is still in development. We would like to see it a little more attractive. I love what you guys have up there. Um, and then around, what we are trying to do is make this place very attractive someplace that these people want to come to, and they, and they do. And we're in constant hearing of what could be developed more on this property. I'll, I'll get to more of that. But uh, this kind of just shows you what we're doing. Uh, horseshoes is not something that you hear much of. In fact, I couldn't find the Brazilian name uh, to really call that. And, uh, but, uh, so that's a new, new game for the older guys. Of course, the Frisbee golf, we kind of developed what uh, Camp Gilead had done, just a sign. Eventually, I want to have some baskets made, but uh, we'll get there picnic area. They love to have a little area for picnic in Shimahau. There's our sports complex in the back, and we have a baseball field on the property, and that's kind of cool how that has developed the baseball ministry, and I get to rub shoulders with a bunch of guys that I'd never get to meet otherwise, and uh, it's been kind of neat. I'll, I'll probably share a little bit more about that. And then a playground for the little kids. First Baptist Richland came down, and they just wanted to do a project for a week, and so that's the project uh, 
they, they raised money for and came down. I want to kind of summarize our last term, our second term, in three words. Sensing, seeking, and serving. And I'll dissect each one. Sensing, we spent the last, well, most of all of 2013 and parts of 2014 trying to get a sense of what the Brazilians want and what they need for this piece of property to serve them. And so we met with a number of our colleagues, the pastors, even a a lot of the missionaries outside of ABWE that we feel like that we meet up doctrinally and we we feel okay partnering with them. And and we have a number of them. And as that opened up to broader, instead of just ABWE works, we're working with a few other guys. And so we met with them one-on-one and just said, give us uh, some of your ideas. How can this piece of property help your ministry? I believe my gift is in helping and serving, and, and hospitality uh, is one of my wife's. And, and so we, we want this piece of property to serve them. And how can we do that? And so we, we really spent a year and a half just meeting with them, changing some of their view of how this pro- piece of property was going to work, because a lot of them thought it was totally funded through ABWE and everything, and the, that it would be totally just free for them to use. And that's not the case. ABWE has purchased it. It's under their name. But it, it is ran by, through me, uh, my ministry funds, and then I have to be able to upkeep through events. And so the money we make just goes right back in to the property. And we had to change their way of thinking for them to totally understand and then had to kind of come to an agreement of how much to charge. Because basically... What's my wife explained how we're different than Camp Gilead is they, they come and they rent it from us, basically. And, uh, and so that's kind of a little different. As at times, ABWE, we sponsor events as well. And so th- those are out of our funds. But otherwise, it's like they're renting it. So that, that was a good thing. How can this situ help grow their ministries? Then... We started, okay, we got a good sense of what they want, or better yet, what they need. So then we started seeking, a way, seeking ways that we could accomplish those, those needs. And I wanted to share three stories with you in how this kind of has really played out, how it has fleshed out. My friend Isaac, uh, we would call him Izaki, but Isaac and I have become good friends. He's in a colleague's uh, church and... Uh, I've got to know him, and he has an incredible heart. I, I see him as a pastor in the, uh, sometime in the near future. Uh, but his church, uh, Jeff Barker, is the American missionary that's the missionary at the church he, he helps with, um, was having a baptism at our church. And it was really, I love this part of my ministry, is that a lot of times I get to witness things happening like baptisms or someone coming to know the Lord. There's no, nothing better, in my opinion. And this was one of those days. They came and rented it on a Sunday. And they, what they usually do is they start with the service. They'll have, then they'll have the baptism at the pool. And then they have a shuhasku, or, or usually it's galetu, which is barbecue chicken. And uh, they just spend the whole day uh, just enjoying each other, the church family. And Anderson uh, was leading his family uh, and his wife. 
and two kids, and then all four of them got baptized that day. It, it was a day of rejoicing, and I got to witness it. That enough was, was for me to be, just be blessed that day, but God had more for me to witness, and it was because of Isaac seeking opportunities and taking that, and I saw him walking around, because what I do, I facilitate the place, and I just kind of make sure things are going well if they need something, uh, and I take pictures, and, and I share the pictures with them a lot of times. And I was witnessing and watching Isaac walk around the property with this older lady. Uh, her name has escaped me right now. But uh, he was walking around, and I knew it wasn't his mom. And uh, I later found out it was the mother of the lady that was baptized, so the mother-in-law of Anderson uh, that was baptized that day. She was a strong Catholic that had come to witness her daughter and son-in-law and grandchildren to be baptized. And uh, she came, and she had tons of questions. So Isaac, instead of spending time in the pool and, or playing volleyball or whatever, he walked around with her and just asked her all of her questions. He led her to the Lord that day. That was awesome. And when I, when I heard that, I went, that's why we're here. Even if I don't have, have, you know, a front door step right there that I'm part of that, I got to witness it. I got to have the, uh, created the opportunity by opening this place up that Isaac took that opportunity. And it was neat to see, and I, I love sharing that story. My friend Shimon, he found our baseball team on the internet and on Facebook, and, uh, a little background on Shimon, he's uh, Jewish, born in Israel, uh, lived in America for a little while, eventually came to Brazil because uh, his first marriage, he got divorced, found uh, another wife on the internet, she was Brazilian, he moved there, married, and worked for this really good company. Well, and then he loved baseball, and he started coming and playing, and we really hit it off, and uh and I know that I, I have this, uh, this baseball ministry kind of fell in my lap. I didn't plan on really doing baseball, but this just kind of uh, evolved over the few years. And it's been fun to get to know a lot of these guys that I'd never meet before. And Shimon and I really developed a friendship, but I knew I wanted to be able to share eventually with Shimon why I was there, and he knew, and we, we make sure, Douglas, uh, he's a Brazilian, and he kind of co-runs uh, the team with me now, and we make sure that we pray before practice and, and stuff, and sometimes we'll have a little devo or testimony, um, and so Shimon knows uh, what I believe, and, uh, but he just recently, uh, about six months ago, came up to me and said, and he was kind of sad. It was at the end of practice. And he said, Steve, I got to tell you. And I knew what he's going through. He had just gone through his second divorce with the Brazilian lady. And so he was down and out. And he said, the only thing keeping me here in Brazil is a baseball team. It's the only thing. Because he could, he could be transferred anywhere. He works for a really good company. And he could be transferred anywhere in the world, actually, but he said, the only thing keeping me here is the baseball family. And I was really touched by that. But he said, you know, because he has a boy from his first marriage, 10-year-old boy, lives in Israel, 
that he gets to see maybe twice a year. And he said, I really feel I need to go back to Israel. And I could tell he was torn. And he wasn't sure how I, and I, man, Shimon, I know I would want to be with my boy. And I, I totally support you. But in the back of my mind, I knew my window was closing. So I said, hey, before you leave, let's meet for dinner. And I want to take you out. And uh, he ended up paying for the dinner. It was my idea. <laughs> but we, we met two days before he shipped out. So my door was really closing. And I, I said, Lord, I, I want to share with Shimon. And uh, so we went and had the normal talk and I was just asking questions about what he was going to do and Israel was really cool I, I won't get off on a tangent but how he, he was going to get set up and uh, they were he was going to get money and an apartment and uh, they want people to come there anyway so he was telling me all about it he was pretty excited and as our dinner is winding down I was just kept praying Lord give me a, a, an open I remembered something that a few weeks earlier, we were getting ready to plan a baseball game on a certain day. And in Brazil, it was a Jewish holiday. And he called me. We were going to play on Saturday. And he, he said, Steve, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not really religious, but I am Jewish. And this is a Jewish holiday. I probably shouldn't play uh, on that day. I said, well, okay, then we'll schedule it for the next day. Let me clarify. On Sunday... Most all churches only meet on Sunday night. And so we, we usually have our pre- baseball practices Sunday morning because guys work six days a week. And so, so it was no big deal to have a game on Sunday morning. And uh, so I said, well, we'll do it. And so I did it for him. But at that dinner, I remembered something. And so I, I, I used that as my foot in the door. And I said, Shimon, you mentioned a few weeks back you're not really religious. So what are you? I mean, what do you believe? And so he kind of told me a textbook answer. And it was, well, Jews believe this, and Jews believe this and stuff. He didn't really tell me what he believed, but it was more what Jews believe. And I said, okay. And so then I, I asked him, who is Jesus Christ to you? And he goes, well, Jews believe he's just a good guy. He wasn't, again, in, and then I, I said, do you believe, or I, I asked him, do you believe in a heaven or a hell? And it, I still don't totally understand his answer, but again, it was more of a textbook. And I was trying to get him, yeah, but what do you believe? And he never really could answer that. And so then I asked him my fourth question. I said, if you were to die today, where would you go? And it came, he, he, he heed and hawed a little bit, but it came down to he really didn't know. And so I, I went, okay, this is it. So I asked him, I said, so if, if you were shown that what you believe is to be wrong, would you want to know the truth? And he went, well, yeah. And I went, okay. And so I pulled out a New Testament, and he kind of looked at me like... <laughs> But I had a New Testament, and I had uh, some scripture, and, and uh, basically, you know, we're grown up, and we learned the Romans Road. So I took them through uh, Romans Road, starting with Romans 5.8, and I, I would turn it around, and I had them outlined, and I'd have him read them. And uh, 
he had some really good questions about some of the scriptures, uh, Romans 6.23 and uh, Romans 10.9 and 10, and he, and he had some really good questions. And so we had a really good conversation. I said, I hope you don't think I'm pouncing on you. He goes, no, Steve, I can tell that you're doing this because you love me. And, and so we just talked and talked, and he didn't make a decision, but I closed the New Testament, and I, I slid it to him. I said, I want to challenge you. You have a 10-hour flight to, to the U.S. He's going to the U.S. and then to Brazil, uh, Israel. I said, you have a 10-hour flight. I challenge you, and I would really encourage you to read the four Gospels as well as the Book of Romans. And uh, he said he would. So my prayer is to you, or my, my big thrust is pray for Shimon. I don't know if I'll run across this path again. He lives in Israel now, and we, we chat now and then on Facebook. But uh, it's not very often we, we see each other on Facebook. But I want to shower this guy in prayer, and I would love somebody to be able to come around and, and keep watering, watering this. And uh, someday maybe we can rejoice that Shimon has come to know this saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then Carla, if you've been following our prayer letters, you might know a little bit about Carla. Quick history of hers, her boy, uh, Marcus, started coming to our upward basketball program. Then our junior high group became a Christian and uh, started coming into church and uh, uh, getting really involved in our church, our youth group, and worship team. And uh, we got to know Carla just through contacts and she was like, yeah, whatever my boys want to do, they're fine. I even have one son that's learning to be a Jehovah Witness. And so whatever they want. And so she was just like, yeah. Well, then we came back on furlough, 2010 and 11. And during that time, she started coming to church while we were on furlough. And she accepted Christ just about the time we returned. And so we, we have been able to witness. I was talking to the pastor in the foyer how cool is it to see this new adult young believer blossom and just absorb things? And you watch in her reading the, the text as pastor's preaching or whoever was preaching, and then she has questions. And, and she ended up uh, being baptized on our property along with uh, next to her boy, Marcos. And that's actually her giving her testimony there on our property, that picture is. And uh, it was awesome to see see her blossom as a believer. And then she uh, had a second bout with cancer, and by this time it was took over her body. And the Lord ended up bringing her home back in uh, August, I believe, and took her home. She has four children, Jose, Marcos, Marisu, and uh, Maiza. And they need your prayer. Their, their dad is non-existent. And uh, Zay and Marisu live in the apartment that she had. And Zay is 19. He's old enough to basically take care of himself. Marisu is 16. Lives in the world. He's caught in that. Uh, we have contact with him. He does come to my basketball ministry at times. And he's got problems. Marcos has tons of potential. He's a believer. He's actually staying on our property with the family that's living there. It's a good situation. I'm so glad Marcos is there. But please remember those four. You don't have to remember their name. Just remember Carla's kids, and uh, the Lord knows.
Now, once we got a sense and we started seeking for opportunities, we realized we need to find ways we can serve. So that's what we started doing. We wanted to be able to serve our partners, serve our colleagues. And so we started opening up baptisms, and we've had four or five baptisms on the property. And it's just been a blessed time to see this. Not only to see the, the young kids or the families follow the Lord in baptism, but watch the whole group love and just rejoice, and, and it's, been, it's been excellent. We have youth events, sometimes sponsored by ABWE. Other times it's just a church or two having times on the property. We're involved with Bible studies many times. That One picture here, I brag on Kobe. He's my 16-year-old there. That's his first time given a, a Bible study or Devo in a foreign language. Uh, he speaks it pretty well. He's, he's like me. He doesn't like speaking in front of people. But that was his first time. And I just was tickled pink. And the, the kids loved that he was willing to put himself out there and make mistakes and stuff. And anyway, so even our kids are getting involved. It's kind of cool. Of course, we have the basketball ministry. That actually happens at the church, not on the property yet. Eventually, we hope to have a court to be able to offer it to the community. Uh, and then, of course, the baseball ministry, as I've mentioned. And uh, it's just been a blessing to be able to uh, meet a lot of these gentlemen and share with them. And then we have other tournaments that happen. And then I've already talked about the Brescia that we had. And we're just really blessed. I love what I'm doing. Sometimes I pinch myself that this is really what God had called me to do because I, I just... In so many other different ways, I have never could imagine this is what I get to do. And now that we have, a, uh, we've started plan two or plan B, we, we finished plan A and now we're into plan B to where we, we have a, a really some fun things planned and some things to build on the property and it's with the Brazilian partners ideas. And uh, so we're in the process of developing those. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This has kind of become our uh, verse for our ministry at the situ. We want to be, make sure that people realize that it's Christ that lives through us, that we want this place to be a light in the community, to be able to be served uh, to our colleagues and their ministries that they can blossom and continue to grow. We have some prayer needs that we want to leave with you guys because uh, we know that you guys do pray for us. Uh, I mentioned about Carla's kids. Those are the names there. If you want to jot them down so you can remember them, but I mentioned you can just say Carla's kids. But it's Jose, Marcos, Marisu, and Maiza. And uh, they just, uh, they could really use a lot of prayer. Please uh, pray for Shimon, as I've already mentioned. Living in Israel, and I'm not sure I'll ever cross paths with him, but we would love to be able to hear that he has come to know the Lord. This gal I wanted to throw at you, Lydia, or Lydia, uh, we might say here. Uh, she's living a life of drugs. She's, we just heard that she's pregnant with her third. 
uh, Mindy and her have had a relationship as far as trying to disciple her, and that just kind of fell apart because Lydia just cannot get out of the drug scene. Since we've been back is when we heard that she's pregnant with her third, and we found out because one of our friends asked, uh, was asked by Lydia uh, where Mindy was because she wants to know if Mindy wants this third baby and because uh, she, she knows she can't handle it. Our prayer is that she bucks up and gets out of the drug scene and finds Christ. And, uh, and so we're praying for Lydia, and uh, we don't know what the scene will be like by the time we get back there, but please lift, lift up Lydia for us as well. This is uh, when we're, we're back on furlough, in case you don't know, but I'm sure most of you do. Uh, there's three things that missionaries want to do. First of all, thank you. And I hope that we've done adequately in thanking you guys how much you mean to us, but also we report back of what we're doing and what we plan to do, and then the financial end. And we do have some needs. Uh, Our support level is in, uh, or our support account that every month gets thrown into an account at ABWE, because we've been under-supported the last three years, every month they pay us what they figured that we should get. They pay us the same, but it, because not as much comes into that account, it keeps going down. It's been in the red uh, pretty much all year, and so that needs to be satisfied and back in the black before we can go back. So that's, that's a big request uh, that that get, be put back in there. Uh, of course, we have our OMP account. We need uh, tickets to get back, as well as we sold our car there. Uh, it was uh, about a 15-year-old car, and it was needing a time to get rid of it. And so when we go back, we hope to buy a, a new-to-us, probably a decent used one when we go back. So that's kind of all in that OMP account. And then, of course, our, our monthly support. We need about $1,000. Actually, it's less than that now, uh, currently. And uh, it's because a church like this just increased us and a few individuals as well have come on board. And we're praising God for that. It, again, this kind of looks like a big mountain and it's not, nothing that God, uh, you know, he, he has control of it. And that's what we're trying to do is give it to him. But we know that we need to give it to our supporters so you guys can be in prayer with us. What we've done... Uh, is launched a 30-30 plan. And what we are praying for, we are praying for 30 individuals to come on to our support for 30 bucks a month. And if you want to know more about how you can do that, we would love to chat with you about it. And what we would make sure that you know, that we would really pray that that would be above and beyond what you already give to your local church. We, want, we don't want to take anything away from what you already tithe to your church. But uh, we would love to have uh, more individual partners as well as having a few new churches and so that's kind of where we're at is that we're kicking off this campaign since we did uh, last month we started it we've had four and so we're down to 26 and so that that's awesome and uh, we want to just give it to the lord and uh, we ask that you guys pray with us for all of this uh, and especially the names i mentioned with uh, lydia and, and shimon I'm going to close in prayer. Again, thank you so much uh, for your time. Lord, thanks uh, so much for this church. 
and uh, you know how much they mean to us, and Lord, thank you for this opportunity to share what you've done with this property already and what we hope to do in the future. Thank you again uh, for today in Jesus' name.